What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Wednesday, June 16th. Uh Uh-oh, three days in a row. Get used to it. But hey, on the podcast today, we are going to preview the Cincinnati Bengals. Before I do get into that, though, I do have a brief announcement slash request. So first and foremost, we do now have merch available. Is that what the kids call it? Go over to sawdustpods.com. And uh, we do have a little store there where you can buy Rant t-shirts. So if you want this logo on a shirt, I love this logo. I always get comments when I wear my Rant t-shirt. But you can go ahead over to sawdustpods.com and and get a Rant t-shirt for yourself. Also, though, if you want to get one for free, we're going to run another contest like we did last year. Here's the contest. It is simple. Review this podcast and rate it on iTunes. And in your review, put your Twitter handle And uh, here in July, we're going to pick a winner. So if you haven't reviewed the pod already, please do so, uh, and you will be entered in to win. Even if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, please review it on Apple Podcasts. Remember, put your Twitter handle in your review, and I'll pick a winner. Winner will get a T-shirt, the color and size of their choice, a rant T-shirt. So sawdustpods.com, go check that out. All right, so let's get into the Cincinnati Bengals for today. We're going to start with Mr. Joe Burrow. Now, I know a lot of people were not entirely crazy about this team passing over on Penny Sewell with the fifth overall pick, but it was in a lot of ways a vote of confidence for Jonah Williams, who really basically was coming off his rookie season, even though he was drafted in 2019. Last year was his first full season. Well, and we can't even call it full because he was banged up last year, but a vote of confidence for him. They do have Riley Reef, who they signed in free agency to play the right tackle position. And then Jackson Carmen, who ultimately long-term could be that right tackle out of Clemson, as a, a really quality second-round pick. I thought that was a solid pick for them. He's going to play right guard, at least initially, and could ultimately long-term kick out to the right tackle. So I don't think it was the worst-case scenario that they ended up passing on Penny Sewell. What we saw out of Burrow last year was pretty impressive. I mean... He's throwing the ball a ton. Now, that's a little concerning as well. But I thought that he stepped right in and showed he belongs as a starting NFL quarterback. Now, he was a rookie. There were elements of his game that you see from rookies. But as a whole, he's very appealing for fantasy purposes. Currently projects out 4,280 passing yards, 24 passing scores. And, you know, here's the key. 248 rushing yards, three rushing scores. That's the difference between this generation of quarterback and the previous generation. You know, you have the Philip Rivers of the world, the Drew Brees of the world, the Peyton Mannings of the world, Tom Brady's of the world. These are guys who, you know, what were we looking for in terms of rushing yards? Like 30 rushing yards on the season? Remember, every 40 rushing yards you have, is the same amount of fantasy points as a passing touchdown in most leagues. The leagues that score passing touchdowns at four points. So if you have 40 rushing yards on the season, you kind of basically bump your point total up in terms of passing touchdowns by, you know, one one passing touchdown. What would he freaking do? Well, when we're talking about Joe Burrow here, we're not talking about 40 rushing yards. 250 rushing yards is a significant number. You know, we're talking now the equivalent of, uh, you know, all, like almost seven passing touchdowns. No, let's call it six. <laughs> I'll push it with almost seven. Let's call it six. But still, six takes you from, if it's th- 24 projected touchdowns to 30 
uh, in terms of fantasy points. And those are points that you just didn't get with the generation of quarterbacks of that Breeze, Brady, Manning, Eli Manning as well to a lesser extent, uh, you know, Big Ben, uh, all those guys, Rivers. You just didn't get those points. Even Matt, Matt Ryan, that, that type of player. Those points don't exist. So Burrow, okay, 24 touchdowns, is that a big number? No, that's not even one and a half per game, you know. It's not a big number. But he makes up ground because of his mobility. This modern era of quarterback is so mobile. He's super appealing for me. If he manages to get into the late rounds, that's round 10 and beyond. He is an optimal uh, upside target for me. He may go a little earlier than that. It all depends. But really, I mean, hey, he's super appealing. And look who he's throwing the football to. He's got not only Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins from last year coming back, but he also now has the fifth overall pick and a guy who he made some magic with at the college level in Jamar Chase. You're talking about an offense here, especially if they throw as much as I think they're going to throw, over 600 passing attempts. This is an offense that could sustain three top 36 fantasy wide receivers, which is really difficult to do when you consider there are only, there are 32 teams in a league. So to fit two of them even in the top 36 is difficult enough. Now, in theory, you know, four teams or more could do that. But to fit three in there, that's especially difficult. Now, the challenge, though, and, and see, I love T. Higgins, but if you have Jamar Chase on the field, Jamar Chase could very well lead this team in targets. But likewise, Tyler Boyd's still going to see his as well. And I actually think it's very evenly distributed. So right now I have Tyler Boyd, uh, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins within six targets of each other. Check this out. Chase, 120. Boyd, 116. Higgins, 114. If they do that, all three of them will be top 36 options, but I don't know if any of them will be top 24 options, like wide receiver two. Somebody's almost got to have to be there, but right now I'm ranking Jamar Chase at 25. I'm ranking Boyd at 29. Kind of gives you that Cooper Cup high floor. And then Higgins at 34, but they're all appealing. Burroughs even saying that, you know, Higgins looks like a different player from this year over last. He's also saying, though, that Chase doesn't even need to be told what to do. We're not even in training camp yet, and Chase is already on on the same page. So all three of them very appealing. Auden Tate is there as well. And, you know, unfortunately, I think on some rosters, like, is Auden Tate a starter in Detroit? <laughs> Probably, right? But here he's a little bit buried. I mean, it's a good problem to have for Burrow and company. But right now, if I had to choose one, it's definitely Chase. I like T. Higgins. Price may end up being best on Tyler Boyd, to be honest with you. Either way, we got to talk about Joe Mixon in this backfield along with the tight ends coming up after our break. And we're back. Uh, Let's, well, you know what? Let's talk about the tight ends first as we were just talking about the passing game. And honestly, there's not much here. CJ Ozama and then Drew Sample are the two incumbent tight ends. And here's the deal. If you have three wide receivers who are seeing well over 100 targets, there isn't going to be a lot left over for the tight ends. So right now, Uzama is the better pass-catching option. Like Drew Sample is a really quality blocking option. And I think that's actually very important for Joe Burrow to have him in the mix but Drew Sample's not going to do much this year. Maybe long-term, he could be a decent in-line pass catcher. I mean, he's still very young, but for now, he's not a fantasy option. Uzama is not really a fantasy option for me either. 
Have him currently ranked at 35. Only seeing 50 targets. That's the downfall. Because you have... All right, you have three 100-plus target guys. Actually, 110-plus target guys. Then you have Auden Tate, who I still think is going to see 45, 50 targets. You're already taking... Almost 400 out of the 600 passing attempts, 600-plus passing attempts there. Not to mention you have Joe Mixon, who I think is going to see his share out of the backfield. So there's not much appeal there at tight end outside of you know DFS appeal at this point. The team obviously needs a tight end, but being that they don't have one, I mean, I expect three wide sets like crazy. 11 personnel. Like crazy which actually could be really good for Joe Mixon as well. And I'll explain exactly why. So if you're in 11 personnel, the defense is very likely almost certainly going to be in their sub package, whether it's nickel or dime. And if you're in nickel, you took one def- one linebacker off the field and added an ex- extra defensive back. If you're in dime, you took two linebackers off the field and added two extra defensive backs. Now, one might be like a big nickel type, you know, you might have uh, basically a safety who's like a hybrid, almost a linebacker. But regardless, it's still the, the fact of the matter is the run game is at a distinct advantage when these situations arise. And I think a classic example of how beneficial this can be is actually, you know, we can look to where Zach Taylor came from. Right. So he comes from Sean McVay in Los Angeles. 2017 Los Angeles Rams and and to a into a lesser extent 2018 but really let's look at 2017 the Rams basically almost never had a situation where they weren't in 11 personnel they were in 11 personnel like all the time and incidentally that year Todd Gurley has ample room to run he goes from in 2016 under Jeff Fisher 3.2 yards per carry 278 carries 885 Ugh, yuck Next year, only has one more carry, has you know well over 400 more rushing yards. He goes for 279, 13.05, 4.7 per carry, averages 4.9 per carry the following year. That's what we're talking about here. When the defense is in, a, is in their sub-package, you are at an advantage offensively, and it creates more space for the run game. If you're running 11 personnel, that's going to be really advantageous. I expect a lot of that here. And the beauty to Joe Mixon is he is in a position where there is no competition for touches, not on passing downs, not on, certainly not on early downs, no competition. Giovanni Bernard is out. He's in Tampa. We'll get to him in a while. So right now, projecting out Joe Mixon over 250 carries, over 1,000 rushing yards, just barely, but you know I'm a little conservative with this. Their projections, it's fine. Six rushing touchdowns, but here's the big one for me. 59 targets, 46 catches. Once we get up into that range, you know, I often talk about these guys, like Derrick Henry is a one-catch-a-game guy. If we're, if we're in a good spot, Jonathan Taylor is a two-catch-a-game type guy. But when we start to get to the three catch a game or more type guy, that's when we're starting to cook with gas, especially if that guy is going to carry the ball 250 plus times. So Mixon's he's below three per game with this projection, like three per game this year would be 51 catches, right? But 46 isn't that far off. 
Now we add not only the decent, we have the decent floor with his uh, heavy volume in the run game. We now add a very healthy ceiling with the the passing game. Because remember, that's an average. And in games where Cincinnati is winning, okay, he's probably not going to have much more than that two or three catches. But in games where they're playing behind, there there's nobody else out there, right? Are they going to really have Samaj P. Ryan with heavy passing down work, Travion Williams with heavy passing down work, or if Chris Evans makes the team? No. So in games where they're behind, Mixon not only will get a decent amount of carries, get double-digit carries, of course, are not as many carries as if they were winning, but double-digit carries plus five, six, seven, eight catches? Uh-oh. Now we're talking ceiling. So Mixon is right on the edge of RB1 territory. Now, he's not the youngest back. He was banged up last year, but he is in such a healthy position to eat, like old country buffet style this year, right? All you, you want crab legs, Joe Mixon? Must resist the Jameis Winston joke there. You want crab legs? You want biscuits? You want whatever, Joe Mixon? All you can eat, brother. I think that's what, what the position we're going to be in. He's going to have a lot of touches, 300-plus touches. It is hard not to be an RB1 if you get 300-plus touches, and I have him projected right there. Actually, right now, 298, all right? So love me some Joe Mixon this year, and he you aren't going to have to pay a first-round price for him. He'll very likely be a second-round pick. So there you go, the Cincinnati Bengals preview in the hopper. Uh, Next up on our list will be the Cleveland Browns. We'll talk a little Baker Mayfield. Best backfield duo in the league, Odell Beckham, and about 50,000 tight ends that they have on their team. Yeah, we'll do all that for you. Remember, sawdustpods.com for that merch. And also follow along with me on Twitter, at Jeff Radcliffe, and, of course, at Jeff Radcliffe on Instagram. And, hey, use that hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you are a listener of the show. Guess what? We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the pod, so I'll catch you on the flip side. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.